If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubenville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in Nashville, Tennessee, in studio at VCE Productions. we got a great show for you today. It's an extension, a continuation from the, the show that I'm going to call Hand to the Plow. Uh, yeah, yeah, well yeah. Played. Hand of the plow with Sally McRae. <laughs> I love it. But uh, but always and always uh, in VCE studio, VCU production in studio with uh, with my favorite, my friends Tyler Burnett. So good to be here, buddy. I'm glad you're here. Took the sprinter in. He's the founder of the Goat family of brands um, and uh, and the ever expanding empire. And to the left, always at the table, uh, the, we call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. He's the <laughs> he's the it. he's the calming force to our show. <laughs> His name's John. He has a last name, too. It's Byers. John, we're so Thank glad you you're that. here today. Uh, we do have a great show for you today, but before that, let's just set the stage. We serve it up in a way that you can get it. We're like Waffle House. In our 20s, they teach us to get in the game. In our 30s, they teach us to move up in the game. In our 40s, we try to stay in the game because people like Tyler are so damn good. In our 50s, we finally say, what is it that I really want? Yes. And this is about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. In sports, it's easy to see. It's people that are recognized for their greatness. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, education, and experience. What they do gives them energy. It gives other people energy, creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity, just like our friends at Dev Digital. Yes. Who create new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity for the city of Nashville and beyond in healthcare, everything digital, in education, everything digital. So make sure you go by and check them out. Uh, we're so appreciative that they continue to take this walk with us. Today, we, we have a continued conversation with uh, Sally McRae, who not only is a middle child and uh, <laughs> a mom, she is also Nike endorsed and uh, fits into John's box as one of those uh, extreme athletes. She's and, pretty cool. And she is really cool. And we had a great conversation <laughs> Uh, in part one, and now we move into part two. And, and John, I know you like to tee it up from here, and so uh, I'll turn it over to you. Sally, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been great. And if you uh, <clears throat> if you have not listened to episode one, go back and check that out wherever you listen to podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google, Amazon, Spotify. We're all over the world, so check us, check us out there. <clears throat> and now we're in Southern California. Yes, what is we the, are. What, what is the temp there today? We're looking at 64 Fahrenheit today. 64 God, that's such good. That's such good run weather. That's Fahrenheit. probably pretty really chilly is. for y'all too, right? Isn't it normally like I the am 70s? Wearing, I am wearing a hoodie. I am wearing a hoodie. <laughs> 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 awesome. hoodie Sally's got a great laugh. Colby, <laughs> you and you and Sally can we, just we, laugh for like a few minutes. Well, we're, 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 both, we're both middle children. We, is that how it goes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of, it's called the middle child laugh. You just laugh through it to get through it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Nice and we, loud. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> we are going to jump right in because we got a lot to unpack and not enough time. Um, <laughs> Sally, the, the article, one of the coolest articles I think that have, has showcased 
uh, your goatness, as we like to call it, which, by the way, we've not officially welcomed Sally into the goat bosom. So you are welcome to the goat well, family. Well, never settle. Never she, settle. She, uh, she is now part of the family. So we're so glad that you're Aww. here. The, one of the coolest you. articles that, uh, that came out for me, for you, was uh, through Strava and have followed you on there for some time. I'm sure you follow me as well. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sally, we got I don't even follow her own podcast. <laughs> that was the loudest she's laughed so far. Um, some really cool power. It's like a 90 second read, but probably the most powerful, packed word for word article maybe I've ever read. Maybe that's the goat. Like uh, that article. She, yeah. The, the journalist on that is pretty stellar. Uh, I had a great time working with her and she, she did do a great job. There's a lot of articles out there. I'm not stoked on, but that one I am. <laughs> well, very cool. And it's like a 90 second read. And again, super powerful every word, but it, it focuses on uh, one piece of this really cool uh, years uh, of, of your journey, which is Badwater 135, the toughest foot race mm -hmm. on the planet, as they say, uh, covers 135 miles from Death Valley to Mount Whitney, California. The temps get up to 130 degrees. Uh, yes, that would be Fahrenheit, folks. Um, <laughs> wow. And I'm sure you would describe it in ways we could not even comprehend. But maybe you touch on that for a minute because that is that that makes you is well. It doesn't make you. It is such a part of your goatness. Puts you in a category that's all your own. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, about Badwater, the yes. actual race. Yes. Yeah, so Badwater is, has been around for quite some time. It was actually an, an original attempt in the very late 70s, early 80s um, to run from the lowest point in the United States, Badwater Basin, which is about 280 feet below sea level, and run to the highest point in the lower 48 states, um, Mount Whitney. And so the original course, the route was 146 miles. Now, you need permits to, to, now you need a permit to climb to the top of Mount Whitney. So um, when the Badwater race was created and back in the early 80s, it now stops at the portal of Mount Whitney, which is about 9,000 feet, um, a little over 3,000 meters up. Um, so it's 135 miles. But one thing that people don't, understand about is you 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 cross like three monster um climbs you you go through the mountains in order to you know from the desert go through valleys up up the desert which is really um a in a in a very uh passionate life paralleling sense is what attracted me to it because i'm like if there's any way to um communicate my life to people it's this race course mm. and um and that's, that's why really i was the the extremity of of the temperatures yes you you said it earlier it actually is hard to define the heat out there and and for as much time as i even spent training out there um it, it would come as a shock every time i arrived in the desert and it, it didn't matter how many hours i put in but i was like oh yeah wow like take a deep breath like this is this is intense like we i think we can all identify with heat humidity like 
90 degrees, 100, 110. But man, once you get past that 120 mark, it is just next level. It is like nothing that I can, I can't really explain it. And even when my husband and I, there's a couple of times my husband would accompany me out there because some parts were kind of dangerous, the, some of the training we were doing, but so he would have to drive alongside me. But, um, you know, when, when he and I were out there, I mean, sometimes I'd have to come back to the truck, like after, you know, every 10 minutes for some of the, the training that we were doing, but he was taking pictures and video and we go back and watch it. I'm like, (laughs) this looks like I'm running on the street in the hot day, but it's like, you can't, I can't uh, show you in a picture what the heat, you know, feels like. I feel like it's easier with like freezing temperatures, you know, someone on the side of the mountain in ice, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm cold looking at that. But someone that's on the road in the sunshine, you can't really relate to that unless you've been in it. So I think that's one of the other thing that I love about it is there's a lot of silent, invisible challenges. And Mm. I I really believe that this is so true to people in the way that they live their lives. There's these silent things, these quiet things that we all have at at some point in our life that we struggle with, that we don't want to share, that we cover up, that that we feel like we're isolated and, and, and alone in, that even if we explain it, it's like no one can climb inside your body and feel what it is that you're feeling. And I think that that doesn't show up on the Facebook race, pictures, like, uh, like yeah. pictures your husband was taking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, if so, you ever yeah, talk to anybody in the South, they may say, well, Sally, you did that <laughs> there in Badwater, but you have not been in the Southeast. When it's 90 and 200% humidity, but people don't yeah. get like, that's not, that doesn't Why translate do you have as to much talk as talk that way to be from the South. That's <laughs> well, I'm sorry. From Alabama, and, not the South. Yeah. From Mobile, Alabama. And, and I, I have been in that humidity. I mean, we did, we did live on the East coast for a little bit and I do remember that extreme humidity. And I agree. Thank humidity you. and dry heat are it very is completely different. different. John wouldn't it, know. It is different because you, I mean, if you get down to the science of it, so I don't want to bore people here and dive into science as, as far as like evaporative cooling and all of that. Well, but, John started but, but, it, but it, so is, go ahead. it is, it is powerful. I mean, it's, it's powerful to, um, you know, to be able to have a, a cooling system that works, whereas in humidity, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little bit tougher but yeah. I don't know if any type of humidity can, once you get past 120 degrees, right. I mean, I, is it really even a matter of dry heat, humidity? Like no. it's just, it's all, it's just misery. You, you talk Everyone about, is melting. Yeah. You, you talk Sally about, I appreciate what you said about these silent challenges. And one of the things the article mm-hmm. speaks to is that you, you said, I allowed myself to sit and remember the surprise setbacks. And, and I, mm-hmm. you were referring to, 2018 when you did the race and Mm -hmm. uh, didn't win but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about those surprise setbacks and and can Mm -hmm. you prepare for those between 2018 Mm -hmm. and 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 the next time that you did the race in 2020 Mm -hmm. yeah so from an athlete standpoint you know the my emphasis on that the surprise setbacks. It really just, I, I think I kind of took one on one hand, like a, a coach's point of view, cause you know, I'm a coach too. And then an athlete's point of view. And one of the, the most common conversations I have with athletes after they finish a race, um, especially when it doesn't go their way is they talk about those surprise setbacks and they get really down on themselves. They say, well, I it just wasn't my day. And, and we hear that so often, it just mm. wasn't my day. And I think that there's that a, a lot of, is that a real thing? 
Yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. When is it your day? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so we we almost use that as a way to cushion and and help ourselves um, understand what went wrong. Well, it just wasn't my day, so that's why this happened. Well, mm. what if it was never your day? What if you were supposed to completely embrace all the junk and the challenges that were there? That is the day you're supposed to have Mm -hmm. because that is where greatness is found. It's when you look right into those challenges, when you decide to walk right into the fire that you're going to be refined. But most of the time, we don't want to do that because we don't live in a society that says, hey, go be uncomfortable. We live in a society that says, go be comfortable at all costs and strip away anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or anyone that, that is hard to love. And, and, and that's how you should proceed. But I've learned in my life over and over again, that the way that we do life and the way that we encounter the challenges of life they do play out in, in sports and, and vice versa. So you learn a lot about yourself in sport, but if you don't take that into your everyday life, then you're doing mm-hmm. yourself a great disservice. And so in 2018, I was so angry at the, in the middle of that race. I was so upset. And when I finished that race and I looked back, I then became a little ashamed at my responses and my reactions. And I decided not to race. I decided not to try again in 2019 to kind of take a break from the race. But what happened in 2018 was I, I trained the, uh, the hardest I, I believe that I had ever trained for a race in my life. And I was very oh, wow. fit and I was very in tune with um, every part of my body and uh, what I was eating and my sleep cycle. Um, I was very well rested. I was, you know, I was checking all of my, you know, all of my heart rate zones all the time. And so I got to that start line with so much pride looking around saying there's there's no way anyone trained harder than me Mm. there is no way that I'm gonna be beat because I am fast I'm strong I train so hard and there's not people that are grittier than me I mean these are all the things I'm telling myself so all the all the earned you earned that disappointment (laughs) you earned the disappointment of that race I did I earned I earned the great humbling that was about to come so pride pride comes before the fall if if you we don't know this yet then um then I think it's good that we learn this at some point in our life. But I think also I'd been running professionally for five years at this point. So, you know, that also, um, as a professional athlete, you get comfortable with, dude, I know all the things. Like, I'm not an amateur. I know what I'm doing. I'm not a rookie. Like, um, and so I was very confident that this was going to be the year that I was going to do something great. And so 30 miles in, um, I realized I had made some mistakes in my nutrition and, um, I had made a lot of mistakes. And so my adductors, the muscles on the, your inner thighs started seizing and your adductors don't ever really like turn off. And there's not really anything you can do in your running gait that's going to help you to continue moving. You know, if it was an IT band or even an Achilles, I probably would have been able to change my running gait a little bit and just grit through it. But, you know, at times I felt like my legs were involuntary collapsing and I, I became really upset. Just, I I'm not moving the way I want to, there's nothing that I can do. And so I started just to slow down more and more and more. So by the time I got to mile 50, um, I remember looking over at my crew who has sacrificed three days in the desert away from their families, using their vacation time, um, to be out there and suffer alongside me in this heat. And I, I felt a little bad. Mm. (laughs) I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I got this really bad uh, attitude. I need to understand this is a team effort. 
they're out here rooting for me, serving me, helping me get to this finish line. And I'm just, I'm not having it. And a lot of the struggle that I've always had as an athlete will be inside. I mean, I don't think that my crew even knew how upset I was. Like it's, it's just an inner thing that I, you know, that I was working through. Um, but you know, they encouraged me to keep going and, you know, I finished that race in seventh place, but, uh, the post that I did a, a week later, um, it was a very reflective post uh, that I put out on Instagram. And I said, you know, um, the race was nothing that I dreamed it to be, but it was everything that I needed. Wow. And that was really just That's coming to terms with, you know, I, I needed, I needed to be humbled. I needed to understand that um, I actually didn't do everything that I was supposed to do to be prepared for this race. And not only that, one of the most powerful parts of training I didn't pay attention to. And that was my mind. You know, we, as athletes, mm. we get so focused on our physical that we ignore um, the mental because we just think, well, I am tough. I am tough. I can be hard. I can grit through this. It's not a big deal when it, when the time comes, like I'm going to push through and, um, and sometimes you know, I, being I, tough I, is just not enough. Well, like the article exactly. that's right. And, and mm -hmm. th that actually leads to the question that I have. And, and, you mm -hmm. know, you spend a lot of time talking about the physical preparation, but the mental, mm -hmm. as you said, is just as important. And here's a quote uh, from that article mm -hmm. that's, uh, that you said that, that mm -hmm. connects with this idea. Ultimately, I became focused on my reactions <clears throat> rather than my expectations. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be ready for everything. Ultimately, I chose to feel every second and every ounce of discomfort in the race, whereas in the past, I had hoped always to cling to my natural gift, my natural grit or toughness to get me through. What, mm -hmm. Describe for our audience so cool. that moment where you made that shift in mindset, where you, where you said to yourself, I became focused on my reactions rather than my expectations, because that's counterintuitive to what we're, what we're typically taught. It is. And I, I think it's, it's really important that the listeners understand the, the part of me, um, that kind of led up to that when I was taking it from 2080, but just who I was at a person that time. So, you know, I, I did grow up with a very, uh, tough, gritty, hardened mindset. That's how I was raised in, in one, on one hand, it was kind of how I survived in my home. So, you know, for a, a young kid who's beat often by their father, who lives in a, in a violent environment, um, you, you, there's either two things that are going to happen to that kid. So they're just going to turn into like a kicked beat up puppy dog that is just frightened and scared all the time and has a horrible time trusting anyone, or they're, they're also going to, be hard. And, um, I definitely chose the one side I chose to be very hard by the time I was in middle school, kids knew me as, as a tough kid. And I, you know, mm. I, I loved playing with the boys. I was, I loved playing tackle football. I was the fastest one in, in, in school. Like kids would come to my door and say, dude, there's a new kid that moved in. You got to go race him. Like I just was this very tough girl physically when it came to sport. But I also had a sweetness that was on the other side of me that, that came from my mom because I, I wanted to appear to be pleasing to all people. So I knew how to be tough and how to endure pretty intense physical pain. And there, by the time I got to high school, I had a lot of pride in that. I loved that I never had the excuse that something was too hard. And there was no physical activity, any type of exercise that I wouldn't do. And I loved that I got attention for that. I loved that I was known for being strong, for being able to endure, to be able to go the furthest 
And so I, that served me really well as I became an athlete in my adult years. And when I started, um, you know, as, as a pro athlete in ultras, because so much of it is mental and who can endure the most for the longest amount of time and push the hardest in that. So I think what I, what I did was I also would turn off and become really, um, I really looked down on anything that I thought would make me weak. So I didn't like to let people know when I was feeling comfortable that something was hurting me or that I did something wrong or that I was vomiting or any of that because I saw as it oppo- as- As opposed to what? Mm-hmm. Embracing, like, I think that speaks to that quote. Yeah. Maybe that's where you're going. Yeah, but so that's, a- so that, yes, yeah, so that's where I'm going. So from 2018 to 2021, I, my, my goal every year has been where can I improve? What can I change? And so what that great humiliation that took place in 2018 for me on a very personal level was this isn't working. It isn't go up to the start line and pretend that I'm just this hardened, toughened athlete that it can do anything. What would happen if I allowed myself to feel every single part of the race, but I prepared for it in advance. So in 2021, that's exactly what I did. I, I spent like almost eight weeks out in the desert. I spent half the, half the time at home. At this time, we were living in Bend, Oregon. I spent half the week at home and then the other half a week in the desert. And I would, my training was very specific to what I knew I was going to be enduring. So that was heat training or just, you know, I would do repeats up and down Mount Whitney um, wearing tons of layers. And then I would go eat a whole bunch of food and then I'd drive back in the desert and go run 20 miles in the heat, completely trashed and, and all the while telling myself, okay, so when I feel this, what am I going to do? When I feel this, like if, if my stomach is hurting, you know, how am I going to respond? Can I still move when my stomach's hurting? Like, so I would break down every single part. Okay. My legs are really tired. Like my feet hurt, like my lower back hurts, like And then I would take all of those scenarios and I would train for them and I would try to be better than them. And then on the other side of it, I spent a lot of time studying. I wanted to be a student of what it was that I was doing because of the extremity of this sport. There actually isn't a lot of research out there. There, you know, even when it came to heat training, it was like, yeah, you're going to find stuff of people operating in the heat for 90 minutes, but not people 20 plus hours in total exposed 120 degree heat. So it became very personal to me. So I would watch YouTube uh, you know, videos of professors talking about heat and performance and eating. And I'd listen to podcasts and I would just sit and read at night for hours before I went to bed. So that when I came to the start line, when we got, when we arrived on, on race day, um, I remember the night before hugging my husband and, and I broke down crying because I said, you know, I understand now for the first time in my life that I can prepare with my whole heart I can give everything that I can and I'm so physically fit. I know that I'm strong, but I also know that everything can go wrong tomorrow. And for me, knowing the discomfort that's going to come, like I, I trained for every piece of discomfort, but the way I'm going to respond to it is going to be different. And so when I was in well, the that's race, moving like from, <laughs> that's moving from tough to brave. And then you talk about that mm-hmm. and that kind of that article closes out. It's moving from yeah. tough to brave. That's what that, Mm -hmm. that is what you needed to be able to finish in the way that you did. That's the reaction. Yeah. That's, that's the reaction. And you know, there's a lot of, I I think, especially now, you know, social media is so, so powerful and, you know, some of the most popular, uh, 
you know, trends right now are to be hardened, to be tough, right. to get really, right. really strong and to have like lift weights and, and have this super strong muscular build and everything is gritting through and who can do the hardest, you know, feats. I mean, everything is like bigger, harder, faster, tougher right now, but I, I really believe on a very deep human level, the hardest thing is to feel and accept who you are as a human being mm. and still go anyway. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't want people to see that because what, when you do that, you are allowing yourself to accept the fact that you are a vulnerable, weak human being in some areas of your life. We yeah. all are. No one's perfect. You're not a superhuman. That's as much true. as I want to be, and that's what I love to put out, it's like, hey, I'm strong. I can do this. There are so many things about me that aren't strong. So in that race, when I talk about focusing on my reactions, you know, I, I probably had more physical discomfort this year than I did in 2018. The only thing that changed was my perspective on it. So I started having diarrhea from mile 14 all the way to 135 oh at mm. mile 99. I started vomiting. Um, and then I had, I had done, I had strained my soleus. So I had, was, I literally crawled up that, that final climb. So, but I look back awesome. on that and it, I basically, kept telling myself, I trained for this. I know how to be in this. It's just a feeling that's going to end when I get to the finish line, but I trained for this and I can be strong in my weakness. I can be brave in my weakness and I'm going to let myself feel all of it instead of being trying to be bitter and hard and push it away and give that extra energy to something that I can't change. That's very cool. I don't, I don't know what a strained soleus is, but it sounds very painful. <laughs> yeah, you'll have it's to look like at it. It's like in the calf area. You'll like have to look. Calf area. <laughs> okay. You have to do your homework on that. So we have, we have this segment, uh, Sally, where it's off of Jerry Maguire, and there's this moment at the beginning of the movie where he writes a mission statement. It's not a memo, and he names it the things we think and do not say, and it really shapes the entire movie. Uh, of Jerry Maguire. For our audience that hasn't seen it, please go back and watch it. It is fantastic. Sally, you said you saw it, so you, you'll you maybe connect mm -hmm. with this, but we'd like to bring up topics that um, maybe we don't talk about, like having diarrhea at mile 30, 50. Or a strained uh, soleus. Or a strained soleus, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, So we'll have multiple moments here, but I thought along the way, through what you shared about your family and your life, and one of the things, the thoughts that I had, has it connected with you yet that your oldest daughter uh, is almost or at the same age that you were when you had one of the most defining moments of your life when you were 17 and your mom passed and lots of family uh, challenges going on. Has that connected with you just yet? Yeah, it has. In fact, I, I even had a, a conversation with my daughter because a, a picture has popped up on my memory. It was when I was 15 and my mom was 41. And um, it's one of my last like healthy pictures of her, but yeah, I, I've thought about that. And I look at her, there's been a couple of times, you know, off to the side where it's, it's overwhelmed me a little bit where I realized like, wow, her life is so different. And it's in one, on one hand, like I, I'm really grateful for that. Like I would never wish mm -hmm. the path that I was on for anybody. And I think that, you know, Mackenzie is, she's so loved. She has a father that loves her deeply and she knows that. And she has a mom that loves her. Mm. And, um, and she's a, you know, she's a strong, happy girl. And, um, yeah, so I, for me, I give a lot of, I'm, I'm in, in constant gratefulness 
for that. I'm, I'm very grateful that that, but also realizing too, uh, this year I will be turning the age that my mom was when she when she died, and I think that that is oh, going to wow. be a really powerful day for me. Just knowing, like, wow, I'm climbing mountains, and she was on her deathbed, and wow. you know, those the years mm. pass by quickly. But um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful to be where I am today, and and to not be sick, and grateful that Mackenzie is is loved and and strong, and and she knows she, who she is. Tyler, I know that, that having a relationship with uh, your child and the relationship your dad had with you and mm-hmm. the training level that you trained at certainly resonates mm-hmm. with you. I know you Absolutely. had a question for uh, Yeah, one of the biggest things I was going to ask you, Sally, and I think our listeners deal with this as much <clears throat> as anything, and you've kind of hit on it. Uh, when when everything is – when it's your day and when you're feeling good and you're in a good mood mm-hmm. and the weather's good and uh, your schedule's good, it's easy to go train hard or, mm-hmm. you know, listen to a podcast and, and, and focus on your business or whatever. But I think the, the struggle for most people is how do you perform or how do you train when it's not your day? And mm-hmm. when, when, you don't, so when you don't feel like – you know, your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. And John, I know you go run in the morning sometimes and your neighbor waves and, at you. and you don't, and you don't feel like, <laughs> you know, you don't feel like getting up and running. How do you get through that adversity to where you still get up and go train? Yeah, this is a very powerful question. And it really comes down to your mind. Everything is mindset. You know, our minds are so powerful. What your uh, mind believes your body achieves. And I think that when we learn how to, uh, identify that our brain is actually getting in in the way um powerful things can happen like we we can kind of make leaps and bounds and overcome some obstacles so what you're speaking to i i that resonates with me so much so I you have just mentally say I, I understand i don't want to get up right now and yeah, i understand this that. bed is comfortable you, you, but you yes. know what today we're getting up yeah. it's gonna happen you do you do. And I think that, you know, the conversations I have with people are like, well, I'm just not made that way. I'm just not that motivated. Well, you're just a lot tougher. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, I, mm. You don't it's think a decision. I want to stay in my bed at 4 a.m.? Like, I want to stay <laughs> in my that, bed at 4 a.m. That doesn't get any but easier. Here's the de- yeah. <laughs> but here's the deal. I One of the, the best things that um, when it comes, let's just use the example of getting up to train in the morning. I say your your goals for the day start before you go to bed that night before. So Ooh. I always... I lay out everything on the ground right next to my bed. My clothes are there. I have a to-do list. I know exactly what I'm doing in in the morning that next day. I know how that next day is going to play out so that when I'm falling asleep that night, that is what I'm falling asleep to is like, what do I want to achieve the next day? When I wake up in the morning, we call I don't that a habit. To get out of bed. <laughs> we yeah, call you, that call a habit. That, you develop that habit. But yep. here, here's something that we can all do. As soon as you, and you need to, to see this as opposition. As soon as you have opposition in your mind, you, you have to turn your brain completely off. So I do this. I, I just tell my mind to shut up and I go into robot mode so that my feelings do not have a say in my goals. Because if we only trained on feelings, if we oh, only yeah. did things on the way that we felt, we would only get up three days a week. We would only work 80% of the time. And truth is more powerful than feelings. So the truth is this, did you get up or you didn't? There's no feelings in that answer. Yes or no. You should be able to answer yes or no every single day. If you start off with saying, well, I didn't feel this. Well, then your feelings ruled your goals for that day. And so I can't tell you how many times I've started a run where I felt tired. I felt achy. I felt like I'd rather be in bed. I felt like I was in a bad mood. But when I let the truth rule is, 
Did I get this done? That's all I care about. I want to get this done. I don't care about my feelings. By the time I finish that run, I actually feel a lot better Absolutely. and I am motivated to keep going. So I love you that. have to turn your brain off. Let's do this then. Let's, uh, the only mm-hmm. way I would be able to run any of, of the, the courses that she's talking about <laughs> is if I was listening to music. And I know that's, uh, oh, I love it. That's certainly a, a way that you train and get a through, great segue. Mm-hmm. Get through the, uh, the, the moments <laughs> where you have to. So you got a, you got mm-hmm. a question right. that you always ask when our, our guests, All right, right, Sally, as we start to yeah. land, land the plane here, we'd like for you to pull out your phone and Enjoy one of the most, or get to the finish line. Yeah, one of the. There you go. <laughs> thank get you. Get to the you. top of the Mount Whitney. Um, we we maybe Mount the most Sally. vulnerable moment <laughs> of of the episode, uh, but we'd like for you to pull out. I don't know if you peaked at your twenty twenty one wrapped Spotify top five. If you okay. did, maybe that's top of mind. Otherwise, don't even know what that is. If you pull out your Spotify, we want to hear what are your top five songs yes top five songs whether it's what you train to what you listen when you're not training fill in mm-hmm. the blank sally mcrae's top five yep. yeah you so can't live top without five. Oh my gosh so nf is like my jam hey, I, love I did his house <laughs> he's, got some goat turf. he's got some goat turf Yep. NF. Oh my gosh, yeah. are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. The I've, name been, of the I've been with him a couple times. NF. Yeah, he's like a Christian hip hop so artist. Old. He God, lives in I'm Nashville. So out of it. Okay, well, good. Yeah, kind of like he's an Eminem, you know? Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. That's why I call you the goat, brother. Right, I think I think he flows way better. But um, I love his life story. Wow. I identify with him a lot. And his songs are pretty powerful. So, I actually made a playlist of, of my top songs. Okay. It's, it's Sally McRae's Strength Training Jams. But that, my first. Is that on? Uh, oh, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, sure. We'll, that yeah. we'll put it on the show notes. We'll put it on the show notes. <laughs> but his top songs are in there. What if one is motivated, no excuses, and uh, change. And those those songs are just really powerful for me. You listen to, uh, to the lyrics. Um, I listen to those a lot when I was training for Badwater. So I really love NF. Um, and then I, I'm kind of a music junkie. I grew up, my, my dad and brother are professional musicians. They're, they can play like nine instruments by ear and um, spent wow. much of their life uh, playing. But we grew up with very loud music in our home, every, every genre. So NF is, is a big one. I really love you too. I'm, I'm pretty old school. I started listening to them when I was a little girl. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, they you heard of them, Colby? I, yes, yes. Listen oh my way. gosh. The lyrics, you can't beat their lyrics. No, you can't. The depth of their lyrics and just the musicality. I mean, everything about them. I'm huge fan. Um I can tell you I right where them. I was when I heard Sunday Bloody Sunday. Just oh, life changing. So good. Yes. So thank, good. thank you for that. Yes. Uh Oh, I could talk about YouTube. We could do a whole entire podcast yes, on YouTube. <laughs> they won't let me. Yes. We'll have to do part two. <laughs> part two with Sally. Or three. All right. Part keep you, keep part going. You two. NF, you two. Does the next band have just letters or is there more to it? <laughs> is there more than two? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I really love Phil Wickham. I'm a big fan of Phil Wickham. Sometimes I just need to have days where I just, I wake up in the morning and it's just worship music, um, especially during a sunrise or if I'm just going through like a tough time. Um, his music is beautiful and, and very heartfelt. But when I first started ultra running, um, I listened to him the most. And so um, I still listen to a lot of Phil Wickham when, when I run and just even, even throughout my day. And then I love Odessa. 
um, O-D-E-S-Z-A. It's pretty, it's, it's fun, like workout music. It's got a good beat. And sometimes when I'm doing a tempo run or a gym workout, um, I'll put on some Odessa and, uh, kind of grind to that. So there you have it. Well, that, John, yeah. there's your playlist for yeah. John. Sally, you can't <laughs> see it, but I'm looking over at John's notebook and it says sign up for Badwater 2022. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> I'm all in. Uh, he may be there. Uh, we really, we really appreciate you being on the show. John, yeah. you, got a, you got a last parting thought yeah, there? Yeah, Sally, we just couldn't thank you enough. You are oh. a goat. And, you, you really are. <laughs> you know, there's only been a couple of times on the episode where we've actually had the goat on the episode. And so you, you are in very, very good company there. Uh, you're mm-hmm. a legend. We're grateful. And we're grateful for the conversation and who you are underneath this person that's climbing Mount Whitney and everything else. That's, that's right. what makes you really mm. special. Well, the middle child is something that, that I resonate with. And, and I will say this, <laughs> this is straight from Sally McRae. Your, your feelings don't have a say on, on your goals. Uh, and that. from the hand of the plow, she's made to work. She's moved from tough to brave. Our guest, Sally McRae with us today. And so with Tyler and John and our good friends at Dev Digital, I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Um.